last season on My Black is Transnational. I've been thinking about, seriously, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's necessarily the idea of giving up on America is not necessarily one that I took seriously. I took it with a grain of salt, but I do think there's a part of us that's like, yo, if things don't get better, we may have to go back to the old country. <laughs> like, and it's not one of those go back to your country, but it's like we have family back home. Culturally speaking, when it comes down to race, you're not, you know, it's like, well, what race are you, right? It's like, but I identify with my Nigerian roots. Well, people can say, well, you're you aren't born in Nigeria, so what do you mean Nigerian American, right? But then the American people, well, you're you're not black, you're Nigerian. So there's, it's almost like you're an amoeba. Where do I fit in? And so for me. I'm learning that God doesn't want me to fit in, right? He says, like, you're the light of the world. We have to understand that prayer, in addition to therapy, prayer, in addition to seeking counsel outside, um, is so important for us to be able to move forward, um, especially as, a, as within the African culture and demographic. Right, right, right. Elephants living, they be cracking up, dying alive, and saying, y'all think y'all must be out Coming from that to this now, Post Black Panther, post Afrobeat, post ACA, post it's, 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 it's surreal because I'm able to now bust out my accent at work and people love it. And yeah. It's crazy, you know? Yeah. And like back then, if I bust out an accent as mediocre as it was, you know what I'm saying? Like they would be like, what is that? And they would make fun of you. You really need to un- disentangle this idea that all Black people everywhere need to get along all the time. Yeah. I don't think it's realistic. That's not realistic. That's definitely a utopia that I just don't think we, it, it, we, we, if we aim for that, it's, I think it will, it, it might create some level of progress, but then it starts to create unrealistic expectations on how human beings like really function. And that's just, hey. that's just not, <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily. That's not, what, that's not how we roll as human beings. No. We don't do that. We have war. We have fights. Misunderstanding. Uh, we have thoughts about um, African Americans have thoughts about Africans, like oh they live in and things of that nature. And I think I've seen this somewhere of like Africans think African Americans are all from boys in the hood type of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 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 and, and African Americans think that all oh, Africans live in huts. So I think there's just um, a misconnection. And I think that misconnection really comes to a head when um, new Africans come to America and then you have the language barrier and then you have like different cultural barriers and I think it gets worse at that point. The folks who are really resistant to changing older models of Pan-Africanism um, to recognize that things are changing and like we, we knew the change was happening. Once mm-hmm. it stopped being go back to Africa because Africa was coming here, yep. I felt like at that point, we needed to have different conversations. But that, that through my journey, people knowing me personally or just hearing about me has motivated a lot of people to go back home to work. Some have even went temporarily, you know, for medical missionary trips, you know, short term. Yeah. And the su- summer of a, like Doctors Without Borders. I've seen so many African-Americans, you are going back to Ghana, they want to connect. To me, that's a, a um, future goal. Okay. But we need to find out how we get along with each other here first. Yeah. Yes, thank you.
<laughs> how can we get along with each other here first? Yes, yes. That you don't have negativity towards me and I don't have it towards you as well. Forget that because if you don't, I believe in digging into history, the root of things. If you don't dig into why you are where you are, you continue to make the same mistake because the same mentality, you might not understand you have the mentality of the colonizer in you when you go back to Africa. You're going to view Africans according to the lenses of whiteness. Whether it be Africans or Black Americans, you know, because you talked about the topic of what is what is this hidden beef? Like, let's talk about it. Like, let's what is this? Right? Like, we both fighting for the same thing. Right. And what I've realized is, in changing my name when I was younger, <laughs> it did not equal success. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there were still identifiers, right, that that showed people that I was not from here. Mm. Right? The way I talked, the food I ate. The, the way I braided my hair. You know, so we need to learn to use our voice. You know, I think that's very important. And then also this whole, and there, there was a lot of debate on they don't know better. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I do not accept that they don't know better. If you want to know better, you will know better. Do not be comparing Africa with Italy, with France, with um and Brazil, they are on different leagues. If you want to know, then you think. If a group of white people decide they want to do something to you, there's nothing you can do about it. it, doesn't, it doesn't it shake you to realize that we still have people in our family, yours more than mine, but we still know people who grew up at a time where you can see black bodies swinging from the tree. That's strange, right? Yeah, you know, like you, you can. That we still, I mean, we, we, and it's not that it's not that far off for them in their memory that they can still, you know, recall that and relive through that. Listen. And it wasn't that long ago. Please just understand that love is a new money. Please take care of yourselves. Please share love, spread love to everyone. This fight that we fighting in, like I said, it's not an Olympic. It's a marathon, not a sprint, but that doesn't mean necessarily it's an Olympic and a competition between one group and the other. Please understand that the only competition that we need to be worried about right now is within our own homes, and we need to be fighting against the oppressive systemic barriers that are in place, the racism that is cancerous in our communities that affect us in so many ways that, that inhibit us from reaching the potentials that we are born to achieve the successes that we are supposed to attain that we do not get to attain and the dreams that are lost because of these these racist ways um so we need to take care of ourselves it's not selfish to engage in self-care as a matter of fact consider it selfless because if you're good to yourself you're good for yourself you uh, it allows you to be good to others Welcome to season four of My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Transnational. You can find this podcast on anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Enjoy the show.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the sports season of My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Ibey Lamberts. I am your host, and I'm so, 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 so glad to be able to come back to you with another season of this amazing podcast, this amazing experience. Um, I know it's been a while, and I know we weren't usually on our regular schedule, but it's glad to be back, and we got so much to cap- catch up on, and I got so much to tell you, and got so much to look forward to. And I'm not here by myself. I got my wife on here with me, Dr. Wanda. Say what's up. Hello, everyone. Um, so it's good for us to be back together. We ended last last season together, and we're kind of bringing it back together. This isn't a pillow talk episode. This is kind of just one of our regular, usual episodes. But she's here to chime in if she feels like it, and just update you with what's been going on. Um, before we get into our usual formalities, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, and if you're just a regular listener alike, I just want to bring you up to speed on what's been happening. Um, and then we'll get into the content of the topic for today, which what's been on my mind. And we'll also talk a little bit about what's to come for this season. Uh, but again, this is your first time listening to this podcast. You can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you like to listen to good podcasts. Please make sure to follow the podcast, download, subscribe, and review the podcast there. You can also follow the podcast at Black Transnational Podcast on Instagram. And you can follow me, the host, on Instagram at Black Transnational underscore. Um, we're also creating a YouTube page, so that should be fun. We're you know, slowly taking it to the next level. And we won't be having regular video episodes, but we will have some episodes with special guests that we will put up on the YouTube page. So still feel free to subscribe and follow the YouTube page as well. Just look for Black Transnational Podcast. You will find it there. Um, we got so much to catch up on. And also, please feel free to leave a review. If you like what you hear, please leave a positive review, rate it five stars, and, and let us know what you like and what you don't like, or what you'd like to see improve. And we'd love to be able to continue to adjust the content for your ears. All right. Um, so now we can kind of talk a little bit about what's been going on, right? And so season three, we left off, and that was almost close to about eight months ago we were expecting our third child right we already had our second child in 2020 and we were expecting our third child september of 2021 mm-hmm. and she arrived kiki also no full name kikora ebay lamberts um and we are so excited right to be done with all of that i'm sure who you telling right so it's it, it was the opportunity for us to be able to just hunker down and, and focus on our family. And I really wanted to take some time away just just do that and let that be the priority. Mm-hmm. Typically, I would like to use November through May to do the podcast season, but I wanted to kind of take some time to really just focus. And now that she's four months old, it's a lot easier for her to be able to do certain things. She can sleep, she can chill, she can play with her sister or brother. Mm-hmm. But, you know, during those early times, it was, it was a very delicate period. So I really wanted to focus on just being the father that I am. That's always comes first for me. So... We took a break, but this season is going to be a little shorter, but that doesn't mean that it's not quality over quantity, right? So we may not have as many episodes, but we'll definitely make sure we have some really rich ones. So many important conversations that'll be happening. We also got a lot of special episodes. We got some cross collaborations that'll be happening with different really, really good podcast hosts that I respect. So I'm very, very excited for the content. We'll also have some pillow talks here and there. We also got the usual you know, special episodes that we do on this podcast. So the content won't change. It just gets better. It's richer. And I dubbed this season. What season? 
the sewing season. This season is the sewing season, and this episode will definitely explain why I believe that this is the sewing season, because the seeds are being planted, right? I've spent the past three seasons explaining, demonstrating, and just trying to bring guests in that exemplify the idea of what it is to be transnational and black, be it wherever you're from, whether you're, you're representing the continent of Africa, whether you're representing the diaspora overall, the island, wherever you're at, the UK, it doesn't matter, right? What I've been emphasizing on and what is the key to this podcast is showing that black people all over the world have these multinational, multi, these nation state connections Mm -hmm. that help shape who they are, how they behave, how they see the world and what they have access to or don't have access to. How do they leverage these things to be able to create the lives they have for themselves? And for those who are not transnational, why it is highly recommended that you do become transnational. And I speak to a lot of my people who are dubbed as African-Americans, American descendants of slaves, this is one of the podcasts that truly pushes for you to have a connection back with your homeland and creates that connection or actually encourages mm-hmm. that bond between um, that individual and their roots, wherever your roots is. And if you don't have roots, plant your roots somewhere, right? Have a relationship so that you can be a member or dual citizen of multiple worlds. And we'll have various guests that kind of serve as resources to make that happen. So this season is not just about planting the seeds. It's about also watching what emerges from it, right? I think I've spent the past couple of seasons trying to identify the the landscape and figure out where to plant these seeds. And I think I got the spot to do it. And I think it's happening and things are starting to actually, there might be some flowers growing here and there, right? So this episode, I want to focus on what is happening, right? Last time we left off, we were in a pandemic. Mm Mm-hmm. Now that we come back, we are still in a pandemic, right? We're still stuck dealing with the COVID-19 virus and its various formats. Since we last left, we've dealt with at least four variants of concern. Alpha, beta. Well, Delta. Delta. Omicron. Omicron. And then there's the one in France. Lambda. Yeah. Right. There's so many different variables that have emerged according to the WHO. And we've dealt with this in the span of maybe two years. This is, this is probably going to be this, this is going to be March would officially make it two years. Yeah. Right. So we're about in the, the we're in the 20 we're in the 22nd 21st month, so to speak, or 22nd month, I should say. So it's it's nothing has changed in that regard. All right. We were a little bit optimistic. I'll tell you what has changed. Go ahead. What people are doing. What, which is? Nothing. So when we, <laughs> <laughs> so when we started the pandemic, it was a lot of fear in 2020 of the winter being this great surge where we'd have hospitals overran, everybody should wear their masks, wash their hands. And I think at that point we had more people, for lack of better terms, drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Mm-hmm. They were wearing masks, they were washing their hands, they weren't going to places, and the winter wasn't bad. Right. I remember that winter. We had no bronchiolitis, no RSV, no ear infections, no flu, Mm -hmm. nothing. It was very, very slow. Mm -hmm. But then this winter, um, it's everything we had predicted from the beginning. Mm -hmm. We have 
And the summer was definitely a preview of what would happen this winter because this summer we had a lot of respiratory illnesses like RSV. And it was just like, hmm, this is you gotta strange. Explain. You got to explain when you say RSV. You got to use oh, this terminology sorry. because I know you're getting deep into the medical concepts <laughs> and all that. But for those who are listening, talking. when you start breaking those... When you start breaking those diagnoses down, you got to break it down in layman's terms. So yeah, I started RSV. talking. So um, this summer we saw a lot of respiratory illnesses like upper respiratory infections caused by common viruses that we would see in the wintertime. Mm. And so it's like, well, this is prevalent in the summer, meaning it's occurring quite often in the summer when we usually see it in the winter. And then this winter, it hasn't slowed down. We've continued to see those respiratory viruses in addition to influenza, in addition to so much more coronavirus than I've ever seen, Mm. way more than I've ever seen. At the point right now where it's like, okay, I'm going to assume you have coronavirus unless we know otherwise. (laughs) And sometimes a negative test isn't even proof that you don't have it because Mm. the home test can't be trusted. Mm. So at this point, we are definitely in another surge and we are having hospitals overwhelmed and crowded. And it's kind of what we predicted for 2020, but it's occurring right now in 2022. Yeah. And we don't have buy-in like we did before. Yeah. People aren't wearing masks and yeah. protecting themselves. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is exactly how it's unfolding, which is everything that you've expected to happen in 2020 didn't happen. It was like a year late. The worst case scenario that everybody was fearful of when we were in the heat of the COVID-19 pandemic, when people were still trying to figure out what to do, their vaccines weren't officially approved yet. They were still working on it. And everybody was like, oh, my God, it's going to be a terrible winter, a terrible fall flu season plus the pandemic. Oh, my God, it's going to be crazy. And fall of 2020 didn't turn out like that. Even winter of 2020 didn't turn out too crazy. Right. And that's when the pandemic, um, the vaccines just emerged December you know early January you one of the first people to start taking the vaccines as a frontline worker right and so it was like all right things started looking optimistic you know we have a new president and he you know he declared July everybody would be you know vaccinated and most people and all those things happened right back to normal we had a summer of going outside and yeah and everybody lived it up don't get me wrong. People lived it up. People lived it up. And we'll get to why that whole thing, too, becomes part of the next part of this conversation as far as transnationalism goes. But people lived it up. People then start to become a little bit more relaxed. People were worried a little bit about the Delta virus, you know, and then that died. And then it turned into this huge political issue. I don't right? know if it turned into Well, it never died. It never died. That's what I'm saying. Like that that but the Delta virus and all these other variants just continue to fuel the feud that happens politic in political sectors. Okay. Right? Or would you disagree? I mean, I don't know if the different strains fueled anything politically. I think it was always there. What I'm saying is that people were just like, oh, with these viruses and these different strains, it'll never end. So therefore, this isn't really real. You get what I'm saying? Like people would say they're just making oh, stuff up. I understand up. That. That, you, that. Like that's that's what I mean. I like understand that. that was more fire to the fuel of people not believing because they just felt like this will never end because these new variants will emerge. So therefore, it was the gut. You know, like I understand it, what you're saying. Exactly. Now. That that's that's what I'm hinting at. So I think with all those things coming into play, there is a sense now of people becoming a lot more passive, 
about where things are. Right? But, but there are a lot of people other to their credit on the other side of the spectrum who are vaccinated. Booster shots are out now. Right. They, there are things in place that encourage people to be vaccinated, but also get their booster shots six months after you've been vaccinated or so, five months or five months. So there are there are things in place that can help protect the worst that can happen to you if you were infected by the COVID-19 virus. That does not mean you should not still follow the protocols, but it's just showing that we have made some strides, but we're still stuck in this pandemic and we weren't where we imagined we would be two years ago, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So with that being still alive, another interesting part about it is that on the other side of the spectrum, what I observed in my time sitting at home, not going out, not doing too much, is that the concept of transnationalism is very much so alive and well and even stronger than I've ever imagined it would be. Even in this day and age where you have travel restrictions. and Yeah. I mean, it's like, and maybe it's because of the restrictions that people are sitting down and really thinking about where they want to go, what they want to do, who they want to be. But I've just noticed that there are a lot of people now who are very much so, especially in the black community, who are very much so wanting to connect back to Africa. Right. When I started the episode, my first episode of season three, we called this decade the transnational 20s. Right. And it seems like that in itself is happening because last year or the, the um, of 20, 2019 New Year's, people went back for the year of the return to Ghana. Mm-hmm. Right. And like this year and the year after in 2021 um, and 20, um, 2020, I'm seeing a lot more people. Mm-hmm. who are interested in learning more about their roots, their, where their ties are. And if they are, if there are people who already know where they are, who they are culturally, and they, they are becoming more proud of sharing their cultural identity other than being American, mm-hmm. right? So other than just being a black American, you're starting to see a lot of cultural um, descriptions of People who are celebrities, who are athletes, who are regular, you know, Joes like us, who, and Joe sounds very funny because that's a white American name, but just they're regular people now like us who are becoming more proud about sharing their identities, sharing that they grew up in immigrant homes, sharing that they are tied to Nigeria, they're Ghana or Ethiopia or, you know, they're Eritrean or, you know, South African or wherever you're from. I'm seeing a lot more of that. I'm seeing a lot more people want to travel back to Africa. Shout out to Discover Giddy. Shout out to the Aquaba Experience. But shout out to all these other spaces that are also enabling for people to be able to take that opportunity to travel. Obviously getting tested. Obviously going back and having a good time. There were so many people that went back this December Mm. to Nigeria and Ghana. Mm. So many. So many. It's ridiculous, right? Family and friends included. Who went back and it had a good time, but remember we are in the middle of a pandemic. So I wonder what of type a spike. of precautions right? that they take or have to take. It, that's know. I'm sure people took the test, right? And even when you go back to Africa, they took tests again. I'm sure there are places to take the test, but you have to question the reliability and validity of those things in general. You know, things have changed here with the CDC, change, telling you that you can 
isolate for only five days instead of 10, right? So there have been policies that have been mandated that kind of have become less strict for those who are traveling and are a little bit more outside than others. But in the same breath, it's very satisfying for me to be able to see these things, yeah. right? Where people are now coming out of the woodworks and saying, hey, yeah, let's go back to Africa. Like I said before, Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. Went to Yuri Street. Yeah, she went back to her homeland, right? And I know she's had ties to it, but she went back home. And there was a big celebration for her there, right? And like I said, everybody's going back to, you know, um, to Ghana for Afrochella. Imagine how different it would have been if we were not in a pandemic. Do you think it would have been a ridiculous amount of people? Or I, is I don't, it really just the same as it would have been with or without a no, pandemic? No, I, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that the pandemic helped a little bit. Mm. When I say that, I mean people had, had time to sit down mm. and really reflect. Right, There were lots of conversations that were emerging when, when we were isolated in lockdown. Right, People we talked about, especially in lieu of what was happening from the social justice standpoint. Right. When we talk about these, the, the, the murder of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and all Kinda this. Kind of like the thoughtfulness of the, the great resignation right. and people reevaluating their lives. Exactly. Right. People start to really and you start to see all those people coming out the woodworks. It wasn't just African-Americans, but also African immigrants. You start seeing all these communities that are emerging in support of one another to some degree. I'll say to some degree because we still have ways to go. But there's also that reflection on your blackness and what your blackness means to you and what this how this country is treating black people and how black people need to treat themselves right do you think some of this has to do with black people not being satisfied with the way america is treating them so therefore hmm, let me let me step out and see what else there is to offer i mean i think there are voices there are voices out there that are saying you know yo like you don't have to take this Right. Like, mm-hmm. I think there are people you start to see, especially when you see celebrities who are posting about going to Africa, who are showing the beauty of it. Shout out to Ludacris and his wife. Right. Mm-hmm. Yossi, right. Who they go back to, you know, her homeland of Gabon. Right. And, you know, he's a citizen now of Gabon. Right. Mm-hmm. She made sure that happened. She's a dual citizen. She's a prime example of making your bringing your family and becoming this creating this bridge, no pun intended to their names, but this bridge of having access to two worlds. They go back to Gabon whenever they come back to the United States and they do their thing, right? So you start to see all these celebrities going back to Africa and all those, even if they grew up African-American, they start to see things like, yo, it don't look that bad. Like people, when you see people going to Ghana, like whether you are African-American or African immigrant, you start to be like, yo, Ghana look like it's popping. (laughs) <laughs> Ghana look like it's popping. And don't get me wrong, like, Nigeria still got it going, too. Deti December is a real thing, right? So when you start to see, like, the ability for you to be able to say, yo, it's winter. We don't have to be stuck here in the cold. We don't have to deal with all the craziness that's happening here during winter time. Yeah. We can go back and enjoy our own native home. Like, you can see the beauty in being back home and enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? That in itself is a gateway to becoming transnational because now that you know and you've been there, you're not afraid to go back. And now it becomes routine, right? So the people who have gone before, who are African-American and never been, are like, yo, I want to go back. I miss it. Take me back, right? It's not like just going to, like, 
you know the dominican or going to chile for an example or going to dubai they're like no like go take me back to a place did i say that no 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 not take you. me back wait you said that before take me back no, you said <laughs> African Americans that have been there are like, yo. No, you didn't say take me back because you, because you, because but you know we was in a gutter gutter. That's different, right? Like <laughs> that. <laughs> I think when you, I think when we go for real, for real, we actually go and see the nicer parts. I think you would say that, right? But I don't think that's what the experience was right now, for you. But for others who actually went to the city, because I think you kind of were like, yo, when you saw some parts of Abuja, you were like, it's not that bad. Right, like, oh, they got Domino's Pizza, or they got you know Coldstone. Like, it's not just Eba and Fufu all the time, right? Like, it's actually yeah. other things. So, we just haven't had that luxury yet, but we will. You know, we're working on that. But for all those who that's the first thing that they experience, it yeah. I've, I haven't heard anything negative, right? I just had one of my homeboys take his um, significant other, his partner, with him for the first time. Loves it. Right? The only thing that you got to deal with is like the traffic in Nigeria. And that's, you know, that's regular. It's like being in Atlanta. Like being in Atlanta, being in LA. You know what I'm saying? Just there ain't no street lights. It's wild. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no traffic lights, I should say. It's wild. But, you know, people just driving on their own. I, I think, I think I'm, I'm happy. I'm, and it's not like I should say I'm, to, like, I'm taking credit or anything because nobody listens to this podcast. But, um, but, um, but I, I mean. You're on the forefront of a movement. But right? I've always said this, right? You're and this, this is what I stand for. This is who I am. And to see it happening, it's like it gives me hope because I think that once we continue to encourage our brothers and sisters about going back home, whether you were born here, whether you were born there, whether you grew up there, hadn't been back there in a long time, you start to really see the, the opportunities that are there. I mean, I, like I said, I can't express it enough how many people who may have ties to Jamaica, may have ties to Belize, who may have ties to, you know, um, Haiti, Trinidad, where, wherever, right? Wherever you're from, they, there's this, this notion to want to go back and see it mm-hmm. or, or, or get connected to it has become stronger. And people are benefiting from it, even if it's from initially a tourist standpoint. But then people go back again and really say, okay, what opportunities present are presented to me? Can I ha- can I buy land here? Mm-hmm. Right? There 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 companies and resources out there and that lots I of Facebook groups. And Facebook groups <laughs> that are out there that can really speak on that, right? And I hope to have a couple of them on here. Shout out to the Diaspora Transition Network, which kind of talks about how to help people transition if they wanted to move to Ghana. Right. Nice. And that's a, that's what I'm saying. Like these these countries, specifically Ghana, is they're setting up the infrastructure to to do that. That's been something that Ghana has been wanting to do for years. And, and I that's ju- actually very smart, because if you think about it, the people that are moving across the country are not those that are poor. Right. You're you're selecting for those that are well to do or at least educated, or have some type of disposable income Absolutely. to relocate to where you are. But think about it. Let's let's even add to that. Let's think about this even deeper. Think about where you move. You, when we talk about your social class and the ability to be able to have mo- your social mobility can, can shift mm-hmm. significantly. Mm-hmm. Like you bring in a couple hundred dollars from the United States and you bring it to Ghana, you bring it to Nigeria, that's thousands. Yeah, you got right? it. You take thousands and turn it to millions. And you can buy more with the millions than you can do with them thousands, mm-hmm. right? So that means now someone that's middle class here in Amer- in America can become a millionaire in Nigeria, yeah, right? And now you're saying because, but then you think about it when you begin to invest and you plan 
and you're putting money into buying land in these places for the cheap, you never know because Nigeria and Ghana, these are young countries. These are countries that were just emancipated and independent in the 50s, 60s. Your dad and your mom were still alive. My dad and my mom were probably just born, right? When, because my, my dad was born in the 60s. So your dad is older. Okay. Dad was okay. born in the 50s. Okay. Am I lying? Okay. No, your dad was born in the 50s. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Nigeria means independence in 19. In 1960, 1963, Nigeria gained its independence. I want to say three because I remember saying it. Yeah, 1963, Nigeria gained its independence, definitely, right? So, because I remember I'm an IOTA. So, yes. What does that have to do with IOTA? Nigeria is about as old as IOTA is. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Oh, IOTA was 63? Yes. Oh. So, that's that's kind of how I connect it. But all all I'm saying is that the, the countries are young. Mm-hmm. So the inflation, the inflation. You never know when this country is going to, at some point, take be, off. Take off. Mm-hmm. When you're buying all these, you're investing so much. So in in this case, a so little amount of money. I put air quotes in there. You're investing such a little amount of money to build land, to have property, to have all this wealth mm-hmm. that you can't have necessarily here in the United States. That you'd have to struggle, blood, sweat, and tears for and deal with systemic racism and barriers for, Mm -hmm. you can take that opportunity to be able to invest and create wealth in another country, but a country of people who look just like you, right? So now you're not dealing with just systemic racism. You might have to deal with corruption, but you're not dealing with and classism. But if you allow yourself to be at the top of the class, then you might be benefiting from that compared to others. Mm -hmm. So you can now be able to just shift and utilize opportunities when they present themselves to you. Say, hey, look, you, it's like having a summer home. You got all these rich people who go to the Hamptons. They got a home there. They got a home. So now you can say, hey, look, I got a home back in Africa and Ghana. I go home. You got nice cars. You got this, that, and the third because you put in maybe a, maybe you put in ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars and you got yourself a nice spot because you're taking advantage of the opportunities that are there before you know it, it levels off. So I'm just saying that more black people are considering and embracing the idea of becoming transnational and they don't even know maybe that it is transnational this is what we've dubbed it and this is what has been labeled as from research but they are building bridges they're crossing them they're going at their own will to be able to have the opportunity to be dual citizens and, and and give themselves the opportunity to benefit and have the best of not just both but multiple worlds mm-hmm. that in itself is empowering that in itself is the, the the dream that is the wealth that most people wish they could have mm-hmm. right so to be able to see all these things taking place is good so and, and like i said that's now that's the back home standpoint but like i said before here in the u.s you're starting to see the embrace of the african identity the the diasporan identity mm-hmm. happen here in the United States, most of the biggest stars that have emerged, Toby Mingue, right? Mm-hmm. The whole mint thing. I mean, during the pandemic, he took off. He became a star, right? And his brother was hosting some show, The Bachelorette. That's or that's, that's Sam Acho. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Toby Mingue, the one so who with the, the mint. One, yeah, that was doing the song. The song, yeah, yeah him, okay. right? And that's another example of someone who's transnational, Nigerian, but he's has an American family. He has an African American wife, mm-hmm. right? And he's brought that family together and they've created and embraced that identity of this multicultural blackness. Mm -hmm. So, but he became a star, 
right? Emmanuel Acho. He's a, he's become something, right? His, we had his brother on the show, Sam Acho, season two. I mean, season three, episode two last year. You start to see them talk about their culture, mm-hmm. being Nigerian, right? You've seen Yvonne Orji from Insecure. Mm-hmm. She had a stand up, a really really good one. And she had just had a movie. She just had a movie, right? With um with Laurel, right? Yeah, with Vacation something. and John Cena. You see in her stand up, she takes it back to Africa. Mm-hmm. You have all these other. Celebrities that he, the weekend, he's from Ethiopia. I didn't know that. Right, like so you have. I mean, shoot, uh, you know, rest in peace to um Nipsey Hussle, Ethiopian, right? Like so wow. these these are that's what I'm saying. Like these people, and it wasn't like he. If you listen to Nipsey Hussle, he tells you that his peoples are from Africa, hmm. right? Like it's it's so it's not like this thing is quiet now. People yeah. are pumping out the. I mean, I can name so many people in so many. Shows whatever wherever you see it, there's somebody there. Even Issa Rae, Issa Rae people is from the from the islands, ah, right? Okay. So it's like, and I know this because my cousin, shout out to Amina, she told me she knows Issa from way back when, right? It's like so, it's like this ain't it's a small community. My goodness, it's not. It's, it's not world. This thing ain't quiet. The the transnational identity, the second generation of one point fivers, they're here, they're growing. And they're getting to that age where they're becoming more and more proud of how diverse their blackness is. Hmm. You know, that makes me start thinking about the discussion hmm. with parents and their children as far as Shout how out they to that. identify to one I'm another. Glad, I'm, glad that, I'm glad you brought that up too, right? Um, we're, we're, we're just take a break to just kind of pub that event really quickly. Uh, we are in the process of hosting a discussion series, a three-part discussion series. For those of y'all who listened to season two, season three, we had a growing up immigrant mini series that went down. And what we kind of did was in between in December, um, I collaborated with my auntie Kemi from Pansa Pansa, who was a guest here, and another former guest, Abdullah Sise from uh, Bridging African and Black American Baba, and we came together. And we are putting a mini discussion series like Bridges that talks about the intergenerational gap between African, I mean, from African immigrant parents and their children, right? It was kind of like a response to the growing up immigrant thing where children kind of said their piece, but the parents didn't get a chance to speak their piece. Mm -hmm. So we have parents jump on first, out of respect, to speak on their inside of what it is to raise children here in the United States and what challenges they face and the idea of having to adjust and deal with a world that has you know that that that's racist, mm-hmm. right? And not and having to figure out where they fit in, right? So many interesting insights were shared there. So we have part one. I will be dropping part one as a special second episode of the season, and then we'll actually be hosting part two, which will be the children serving as panelists and the parents listening. That will be January 29th at twelve thirty. Hit me up on the podcast um, DM, or you can follow my page, the Black Transnational underscore, and send me a DM if you're interested in learning more about it. We will be hosting that on Zoom for you all to just sit and listen to the panelists talk, to the parents um, listen, just be able to learn a couple things. And then the third part will be both parents and children coming together to talk. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put that out there. That's a commercial break right there. All right, we'll get back to the conversation. <laughs> but you were saying. That's exactly what I was saying um, was that discussion just made me think about the different perspectives that second generations have and their parents have. And so um, their voices are loud, right? And they're out here. They're talking about their experience and learning more about where they're coming from. So 
That's a really good experience. Yeah, their voices are loud. They are talking about where they're coming from, but they're also bringing their... They're not afraid. Some of them aren't afraid to bring their parents to the fold, right? So they can still show that original Africanness, right? Like like I use um, Brother Ngigwe as an example because he brings his mom mm-hmm. on stage. He brings his mom in her gale and all African outfits. She comes and she talks, mm-hmm. right? Um, so... And, and Yvonne does too with her moms and all these others with their parents. They're not afraid to be able to show that side of them, which was something that when we were shorties, then, well, yeah. you know, you weren't really trying to bring your parents and her loud African and her, you know. Told me about that. Yeah. So we've talked about that. So it's something that is just so refreshing to see. Um, and I hope it continues. I hope that we can continue to to build bridges, right? One of the most important things that I explain people to, to people is that a lot of us, um, who are 1.5, who are essentially those who grew up as um, kids and immigrated as young kids, or those who are second generation, who were born in the United States, though their parents migrated here, right? or they would call themselves first generation American. The most important thing that I try to explain to, to y'all, especially when it comes to healing the, the, the gap, abridging the gap that exists between African Americans and African immigrants is understanding that you have a lot of people whose descendants were forced to migrate here. They were forced on ships that traveled here. And now we're trying to build a bridge, a metaphorical one that allows them to reconnect to the place where they were, their ancestors were forced to leave. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have to continue to show them that it's okay. And those who are African-Americans that are connecting back to Africa are, are leading that charge as well. So we can't stop. We have to continue to grow. This is a decade in which we need to take advantage of this stuff because other areas, other sources are emerging that allows us to stay connected. We have Facebook. We have WhatsApp. We have, you know, we have GroupMe's. We have Viber. There's so many ways that allows us to be able to retain our connection to Africa once we build it. So transnationalism is here. It's alive. It's well. The seed is planted. It's growing. And I think we need to be able to continue to fertilize this. This whole thing. It needs to we need to continue to feed it. Because I think once we feed it and it's and it grows, I think it nourishes all of us. It get it it gives all black people the ability to realize that you don't have to take this whatever this is that you're dealing with that you don't you can you your ancestors worked hard to build this nation america we know this but you're also entitled to what else is out there Mm -hmm. because your ancestors also built that too Mm -hmm. right you're you're entitled to what's happening back in Africa. You're entitled to what's happening in all parts of the world. Do not be scared to go get what's yours. You plant that seed wherever you want to plant that seed. Right? But we have to give you the tools. And these are the tools. This is the information. This is what you need to learn to know that it's okay. You don't have to just limit yourself to being a New Yorker. Right? Why you got to put your you gotta, ass You, gotta, you can't be a New, New Yorker. Yorker. You ain't got to be a New Yorker all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, you ain't got to be a Chicagoan all the time. Like, you can be whatever you want to be. You're black. That's how they're going to look at you everywhere you go in the world. You're black. It doesn't matter. So why can't you diversify your portfolio as a black person? Now, you might as well go ahead and do that. So 
yeah i mean that 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 I, before i continue to go on a rant i just wanted to share that with you because that's been heavy on my heart and i'm excited to talk about all the great things that we will be covering in season four right which i've dubbed the sewing season and this is the reason why you know um we'll have so many great guests we'll be going to cover a lot of amazing and important issues so like we talked about the parent intergenerational conversation is a very important one we're also going to talk about you know what it's like moving back to africa we're going to talk about you know children mental health i mean i'm hoping to talk about autism adhd and, and how we're dealing with all these various issues in the u.s mm-hmm. all right and now before we leave i definitely want us to take just a couple seconds to acknowledge um, what happened at the Bronx um, last mm-hmm. Sunday? One, which was, fire. which I believe was, um, yeah, the fire. I believe of January 9th. Uh, and it, you know, it was tra- a tragedy. I think it was a building that burned down. Don't forget about the Philly one too. And the Philly one, right? Was that that happened was a week before? Yeah, I mean, we have lots of brothers and sisters who have passed away. Um, just want to send our uh, condolences, our prayers, our thoughts. Also, you know, there there are some organizations out there that are helping with the recovery um, and collecting donations and, you know, helping with transportation and storage for families who have to deal with the aftermath of this. So please support. I will put some links out there on the podcast website and also on the um, on the description for this episode so that you can be able to donate and support all the other initiatives that are out there for these families that are suffering and mourning is very important many kids lost their parents many parents lost their children many families were lost people lost their brothers sisters cousins aunties uncles nephews it's painful and a lot of them were from our community mm-hmm. a lot of them were from you know the african immigrant Immigrants. culturally diverse black community we, we we pray for them uh and we hope that we can support them not just through thoughts but hopefully through actions so just wanted to put that out there as well you know shout out to the people out there in the bronx shout out to my boy do say like I mentioned before, and um, bridging um, Americans and, and black bridging Africans and Black Americans from Baba. Uh, thank you for what y'all are doing out there in that community, and uh, and hope to continue to support. Um, I definitely donated. I gave three hundred dollars to the cause, so we have to continue to try to do that. Um, so I'm not just talking that talk. We're gonna do whatever we can to make that happen. All right. So, anything else that you want to share that's on your mind, babe? No, I think you hit most of the high points. Wear your mask, get vaccinated, get your children vaccinated. Yeah, and I may not have hit every point that I want to hit, but I definitely want to save the rest for the rest of the season. But I want to do this episode to just catch up with you all, talk to you all. I hope you all enjoy what you heard. Thank you all for listening. Again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. And give us a review. Let us know what you think. Check us out on Anchor, which is the house for this podcast. Um, and we hope that you're with us for the entire season. If not, you're missing out on a lot. So again, thank you so much. I'm excited to be back and it's, it's just gonna be such a dope season. So ride with us all the way to the end. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours be too. Peace.